it's so easy and you don't need anything to have a gratitude practice. It really changes the vibration of your being, but it changes the vibration of surroundings and everything that you touch, including your food and everything that you put into your body. When we're talking about why don't we take care of our bodies, you're right, we are very distracted and we forget how incredible our bodies are. We just take it for granted that we go to sleep, we wake up and everything works. You open your eyes and you can see, you decide to get out of bed and you can walk. I mean, we kind of just take these things for granted until they're taken away from us for those people who have had those experiences where these things that are just basic fundamental things are removed. So I think that having a really strong and very simple practice of gratitude and presence is one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself and for your body and for your health overall. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And I think one of the questions that you don't want to be asking yourself uh, as you move about your life is what if? What if I finally took care of my health? What if I finally was able to do what I needed to do to get that job I wanted? What if I finally did what I needed to to address my mental health? What if I, I did what I needed to do in, in my part to help save a relationship? And I think in life, what happens is we wait until it's too late to finally get the help we need in whatever area of our life it is. We wait for the heart attack or the diabetes to come before exercising. We wait for a relationship to completely blow up and fall apart before trying to work on it. We wait until we actually get fired from that job um, before working on being a better employee or being a better boss or whatever the case may be. We, we wait uh, for the drug overdose or for something drastic to happen, such as getting arrested to finally get the help we need if you're struggling with addiction. And, today, and in today's episode, you're going to hear what can happen if you don't take care of yourself and why it's so important to honor yourself and, and do what you need to do to put yourself first uh, before it's too late. And as my guest will share, it nearly cost her her life. And today's guest is celebrity chef and Reiki master Serena Poon. Her clients have included people like Sean P. Diddy Combs, Hugh Hefner, and many others. A leading chef to the Hollywood elite, Serena sets herself apart in a saturated industry with her genuine passion for curating intentional healing and wellness programs designed for optimal and sustainable health. She does this through integrating energetic techniques and education on food nutrition and how food affects our bodies on a physiological as well as an emotional level. Serena's devotion to focusing on the importance of whole body, mind, and soul wellness was inspired by the profound effect cancer had on her family, with both her mother and father diagnosed within two years of each other. We get into all this on today's episode, as well as the negative side effects of caregiving. Taking care of her parents while they were ill nearly cost her her life as she developed MRSA, which required multiple surgeries, one of which was nearly fatal. She shares how she bounced back as well as what she wished she would have done differently during that time. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of um, when she talks about that. And we also discuss the importance of things such as having a mentor, gratitude, and trusting your intuition. Of course, we also talk about her business as well. And again, why you shouldn't wait until it's too late to practice self-care. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Serena Poon to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Serena, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. I'm so excited. This will be fun. I know. And it's like, as we're talking to each other right now, like you're in LA and I am here in Baltimore and I'm excited to come out to the West Coast. It's funny, people out there, they tell me it's called the, they call it the best coast, not the West Coast. But you know, I have some, a few things to say about that, that I go <laughs> but it's funny, like the, the nature of the show, my show, The Adversity Advantage is to really bring to light people's incredible stories as well as experts 
to help people get through adversity. And you kind of bring a little bit of both, right? You're a celebrity chef. You have your nutrition company and just add water. You're a Reiki healer, just a soulful person that is all about healing and helping people become the best version of themselves and get healthier. But this all started from your own personal journey, right? You kind of had to pivot and change your life and change your health to not only save it, but to be where you are today. So, you know, I know the audience in our intro has gotten a bit to know you, you know, who you are and that sort of thing, but just paint a picture of how, like where you were at when you were like at a real low in your health and what you did to pivot to become who you are today. Okay. So thank you. First of all, Doug, let me just do a proper thank you for having me on. I appreciate you so much. And I'm excited for you to come out to the West Coast. I don't call it the best coast. I just, there's a lot of amazing coasts on the planet. So, so my journey, and I'm not sure how much your audience knows, but my journey when it came to like what I do today with my wellness journey really began with my parents and their struggles with cancer. So my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer when I was still in college. And you know, it was a total shock to the family. And I was still, it was just, it's just not something that you can process. I, I think at any age or at any time when someone tells you that your dad, who's your like knight in shining armor, has just a, like a few months. So, so that was, that was when I really started to dive into like herbs and plants and like, what are other ways we can do to make him feel better? Because he was on the chemo and the radiation. And also Chinese medicine, like these teas that my relatives had like smuggled in basically for us. And none of it was really working. And he also just felt terrible. And I'm a foodie, obviously. I'm a chef. And I grew up with a family of foodies. And so my dad, it's really, I think, the love of food for my grandma and my dad, who was my dad's mom. It was just like the kitchen was always the center of the house. And so for him to be sick and not be able to eat the things that he loved, not be able to get enough nutrients into the few bites he could he could get into his body was something that has been sort of the foundation for why I do what I do and why I dive so hard in nutrition into different types of nutrition, you know, holistic and Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine and also just into food and the value of like what is really in food, the energetics of food and how food can heal us as medicine. That was kind of how it first started. Um, And two months after my dad lost his battle of cancer, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and they were both in their 40s at the time. So they're very young. And at that time, you're not really processing anything, right? You're in total survival mode. And what I didn't realize until years later was that I like never left survival mode. I went from my dad being sick And then it was just like, we have to save him and highly inflamed state all the time, as you can imagine, right into my mom. And then it was like, we got to save my mom, who had some rare form of ovarian cancer that was pretty much from stress, um, because still no history of cancer on her side of the family, and she's now recovered. And then my focus being about how can I just make sure everyone I care about is healthy and happy and nothing else matters, but I included myself. In nothing else. Done. So any any sacrifice I could make, whether it's my health, a sleep, or whatever it is that I needed, I would do that to make sure they're okay. So that was really how my journey began, and not realizing until years later that that was what caused like major levels of inflammation in my own body, and then I had to have a surgery of my own. And from that surgery, I got MRSA, which is you know a deadly staph infection for people who don't know. It's called it's MRSA. And that stayed in my body for like eight years, basically. It took eight surgeries to get that out. And in the course of that journey, I, of course, dived even deeper into nutrition. But I, I also had a couple really major things happen that I, you know, I think I've shared with you, Doug, that I, I, after one of my surgeries, I had a massive hematoma and I nearly died. And, and this journey of really digging deep into what's beyond the body, like what's beyond what am I putting into my body to help heal itself? Like that's one tool. But I also realized that there is, there was like a spiritual element to it. 
that really kind of pulled everything together. And, and that healing energy is also what has brought me to where I am today. So this practice that I have now really incorporates those three pillars. It's really about the education with what we're putting into our body, but it's also that combination, this combination of working on your physical body, but also working on your spiritual body, your energetic body, your, your energy centers, you know, that's what threads everything together. So, so that's, I'm trying to make it a shorter version, but that's started. So, well, no, and it's incredible and amazing. And it's awesome that you're obviously that you're alive and that you've taken such a negative in your life and created something positive with it, right? Because it's so easy. I think a lot of times when we go through heartbreak or death or even our own illness to let that rob us of either present joy, future joy, and that what ends up happening is it costs us our life, right? I mean, not necessarily that we'll die, but 10, 15, 20 years go by and we're like, man, like what just happened? And we look back and we realize like, wow, some you know catastrophic event happens. And then as a result of the way we, re- we respond to that event, we make our situation much worse. So I definitely want to, I want to unpack a little bit of your story because I think the audience will appreciate this because I think there's a lot of relatability in that. Mm-hmm. And we talked about pretty much giving yourself and losing yourself to take care of your parents. Right. And as a result, yeah. when that happened, your health deteriorated, your, you know, emotional well being, your mental well being, you kind of like completely lost yourself and it nearly killed you. And there's people that are listening to this. Some have loved ones who are struggling with their mental health. Some are struggling with their mental health themselves, addiction, whatever the case may be. And one of the biggest problems is, is codependency, right? And becoming codependent on the loved one or the person in your family that you care about and making sure you're doing everything pretty much you can to take care of them. But the dark side of that is you end up losing yourself, right? So talk about like, how exactly you kind of built yourself out of that hole you were in coming from the near death experience, the MRSA, everything else. I know now your pillars with your business, it's all about healing, spirituality, food and health. But for yourself, like what did you do to get out of that situation? That's a, it, it's such a complex, if you, if you think about it, and I know that there's a lot of people that can relate because we're all caretakers in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, we all have someone or something that we really love, whether it's a person or a pet, or, or your business, maybe your, your business is your baby. And, and I think that it's always, it happens to the best of us, where we kind of get into a mode where we make something else the most important thing. And, and we're all in, and it comes from a place of love, right? So, you know, you just care and love that person, or your business, whatever it is, so much that you're willing to give it your all. And there's this misconception that we have where if we give it our all, it means it's a good thing. If we sacrifice every bit of ourselves, we sacrifice our rest and our sleep. And so that was definitely the mindset that I had. And it's tricky being a caretaker because in those circumstances, it is life and death, right? And what wouldn't you give to save someone that you love? If one hour of missed sleep means life or death or, or being able to spend those moments of like, you're going to give up your hour of sleep or five or whatever it is. And I know that during that time, I just thought of my whole life ahead of myself. And, and I thought that the time and being here and in it and present is now. And I won't ever, I won't ever regret it. And yeah. it, it impacted my health. I still don't, but I wish that I had the 360 perspective. I've been able to look beyond this Mm -hmm. moment and still be present in the moment with the people that I love who I was taking care of, but was able to see beyond that moment to see what that meant on my own health and to be able to balance that a little bit. And, And I think that that's one of my most important lessons, but something that it's a lesson that's reoccurring, right? because we're always confronted with these, and this is a major challenge, obviously, but we're always confronted with these moments where, where we have to decide, okay, am I going to take care of myself right now? Or am I going to take care of this? You know, and I feel that most of us will sacrifice taking care of ourselves 
or at least not even see it as a sacrifice, you know, see it as something that's worthwhile. So I would say that for me, it was a hard learned lesson. It was over and over. It started with my dad and I definitely had already then I wasn't sleeping. I, that was when my insomnia first started. I mean, like real insomnia, where some people think they don't sleep for two or they slept for four hours, it's insomnia. I'm talking like, you don't sleep all night. Like, you don't sleep until you just go narcolepsy in the middle of the day, or you just, you just can't sleep. Because I used to listen to him go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I was worried that he wouldn't make it back to his room. So I'm like, right. and so just things like that. And then, and then after that, it was my mom. And, there was a period of several years where someone in the family was sick, you know? And so, so it's really, it was a hard learned lesson for me. It took me getting sick and it was like one thing after another. First it was like digestive issues. Then it was this, then it was that. Then it got to the point where I had so much inflammation. I needed to have like tissue cut out of me that mm. was taking disease. And so it's, to be very honest with you, even where I'm at now, I have to consciously make self-care and, and like a priority. Consciously remind myself I have to do these things. Otherwise, there are like health consequences to my health and my mental health about it. So, so it was a hard learned journey. You know, I think we almost have to circle back to your original question because I think I got lost a little no, bit. No, we will. But I want to kind of, I want to dive in and follow up on what you were saying, and you brought up a really great point that when it's life or death with people you really love, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes spending that out extra hour matters. Sometimes yeah. spending that, that day or on the phone, it matters because you look back and you're like, man, like, I really wish I would have spent that extra hour. I wish I would have showed up for dinner or whatever it is. But taking the 360 approach, I think is even more important. So looking back, because there's a lot of people that it's either one or the other sometimes, right? It's either they kind of push it all to the side and they say, you know what? It's not my problem. They can deal with it or they go all in and they end up losing themselves and their health falls apart. Physically they break down and they end up, you know, with all kinds of sicknesses and ailments. So looking back, what would you have done differently for your own health to make sure that you were like in the proper frame of mind, physically, mentally, and emotionally to handle a situation like that? That's a great question, Doug. I mean, it's a great question. And I would say like, I would have, and it's, and it's something that I would tell everyone, anyone know, like you need to have your person, you need either like a coach or a mentor or someone that's, I would say someone that's more than just like your best friend. Someone who's a little bit older, it could be, I mean, you, you need to have a person that you can go to that's, that's like your, 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 your ears. And, and I think that's why some people go to healers and go to therapists because that person is just for them. They are your support group. So whether it's one person or a group of people, like you have to make sure that you have some sort of support or network or help. and. Do not be afraid or ashamed to ask and do not think that you don't have time for it because that was for me something, and it's part of my culture, I think, to go outside of the, to have it not be culturally correct to go outside of the family for things because it's mm-hmm. private or you maybe bring shame or whatever it is you don't want to burden someone. But I think it's also, it was just part of my personality to not want to ask for help because right. I want to burden someone else and that I would say ask for help have like someone that is your person yep a mentor what whoever it is that you can go to for things because it makes the biggest difference they can give you that 360 perspective because they're not in it there are your people that can help remind you if you need to take a break and go have a meal or do mm. something something that's small and I would say that in my situation, there was... Did you have anybody to lean on or no? No. I mean, my sister and I were a team through because we've we've kind of navigated through several deaths and illnesses Mm. in our family. But everyone's on their own journey. So sometimes you can't really rely on your relatives, you know? And then there's that overcompensation that I think can happen when, like what you just said, some people just check out and they're like, I can't deal with it. That's your problem. And then some people dive full in 
overboard and they're like, all right, well, then I'll take care of everything. And again, it's really about that balance, which is something that through my spiritual journey, I learned so much from my masters, my gurus, my healers, which is about that everything like peace comes from balance. And that's balance in every sense. We balance, we're, we're here to balance our bodies, but that's not just our physical bodies making everything healthy, but it's also our emotional bodies and our attachments and just being in a place where we're really balanced and level about everything. So have someone, have a group, have or one person, have a mentor or a coach or someone that you just make this decision to just trust this person and let them support you. So maybe really the work piece of advice is allow someone else or a few people to support you because you have this need to stay strong, right? And if you don't stay strong, you can't keep hold it together. But allowing people to help you and support you doesn't mean that you're not staying strong. Yeah, I think the, one of the biggest things I tell people when they come to me and they're like, all right, what do you do when you have a loved one who's struggling with addiction? Like, what do I do if I have a son or a daughter, or my spouse, or whatever? And other than obviously taking care of themselves and making sure that they're eating right, they're exercising properly, it's to join a support group. It's to join some okay. Al-Anon, a Facebook group thing that they are around like-minded people that are going through the same thing. Yeah. We like to isolate ourselves during moments of sadness and grief and stress when really the community is what can really save us because it gives us that outside perspective. It gives us the ability to create connection through being vulnerable and raising your hand and saying, you know what, like, gosh, I'm ashamed that I'm going through the situation that my family's falling apart or I have somebody who's on their deathbed or whatever. And then you have somebody else being like, what, me too. And I'm here to support you unconditionally. And you start to develop bonds. And then these people end up becoming like lifelong friends sometimes, right? So I love what you said about that and the ability to lean on somebody outside of the situation Mm -hmm. to kind of bring it all back to be able to give you a different perspective on what's going on. So like, other than that, was there anything you look back, maybe it was something with your health that you're like, you know what, I wish I would have taken the time to walk 30 minutes a day, or I wish I would have drank less alcohol or drank more water. I mean, whatever the case may be that could have maybe kept you more stable. I would say that I wish I would have listened to my body Mm. because our bodies speak to us. Our bodies tell us when something isn't right, when something is imbalanced, when there's pain, when there's something that's not, our bodies tell us, they tell us through pain, through an itch, through all these different ways. And I chose to ignore a lot of those a lot of that talking that my body was doing with me because I didn't prioritize it. I thought, I, I'm young, I'm healthy, I have time to deal with my stuff later. Right now I'm going to deal with this. And I just chose to not listen. And whether it's our body speaking to us or our intuition or our second voice or whatever it is, I think that that's something that we all can probably work on because we all have a tendency to second guess ourselves or not listen to our, our voice inside or intuition. And so for me, it was definitely like my body was telling me, my body was giving me signals and I chose to not listen. Yeah. I think, you know, you brought up another amazing point. Cause I think if people could just do those two things in any situation when they're going through any type of adversity or setback or anything that's affecting them. It's a lean on a community of people, right? Because we're not meant to be in isolation. That's why unfortunately this pandemic has caused tons of deterioration for people's mental health because we're not able to build that authentic connection. I mean, yes, we can connect through a screen like you and I are doing now, but it's not nearly the same as if you and I were sitting in a room, right? Having coffee or doing an interview live, right? The other point you make is the the whole intuitive approach, trusting your gut, some will say, trusting your intuition, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to listen to your body because your body will tell you when you're tired. Yeah. Your body will tell you when you're sick. Your body will tell you when you need to rest. Your body will tell you when you need to eat better based on your yeah. skin, maybe like the way your digestion is, the way you're sleeping, but so many of us don't like, why do you think so many people, like, even though like their, their intuition or their gut is telling them to do something like, why don't we listen? We will get you back to this episode of the adversity advantage in just one second. But first wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor Legion. 
If you're anything like me, you only take the best of the best when it comes to supplements, and you're always looking for those that are also backed by science, use natural sweeteners, and fully transparent with their ingredients. This is why I love the products at Legion, which is also the number one all-natural sports supplement company in the world. I currently am enjoying their vanilla plant protein, which goes into a post-workout smoothie after I work out, or it acts as a quick snack while on the run or between clients and interviews. I think we can all agree that 2021 is a year that we need to make health a priority, which is also why I consistently take their Triumph multivitamin and immune support to ensure that I am doing everything I can to feel my best. So if you want to follow my lead and take the best supplements around that have free shipping and a hundred percent money back guarantee, go to buylegion.com forward slash Doug and use code Doug to get 20% off your first order. Again, it's buylegion.com forward slash Doug and use code Doug at checkout. Now back to the show. Well, I think that there's, there's several reasons. I think that some people aren't completely aware that their body's actually talking to them. Mm. They're either taking it lightly, they're brushing it off. They don't realize that that's like our bodies are actually speaking to us because they're waiting for the answers to come from a doctor or a piece of paper or like a blood test or something when really the answers come with just the way our body, how our body feels. And as you say, just the way our organ systems work, it tells us. And then I think the other thing is just how majority of us don't make our own like self-care self-worth the time that we spend with ourselves just our sovereign energy important and that's why and and so i think we have a tendency to move it shuffle it down the priority list like maybe you do feel like an ache and you should probably go see the chiropractor or maybe get a massage or or do something to kind of work out that back pain a little bit but your kids need this or your boss needs that or your loved one needs this or the car needs to be taken in or whatever it is that we always have a list of things that we need to do. And we have a tendency to move stuff that has to do with taking care of ourselves down that list until it gets to a point where, okay, now there's like a, a flashing red light next to it. And then we go deal with it. But there are indicators before you get to that point. And, I, and for some reason, just culturally, especially here, you know, I feel like especially here in the U.S., it's so very go, go, go. We have a very achieve, let's achieve more, achieve greater kind of a mentality. And so we'll move those things down that chart, of that list of priorities until it becomes something that's like flashing at us. And I think that the mindset around health and our own immunity and wellness has really changed, especially during this time with the pandemic and health being such, it's just so on the forefront of everyone's minds. I would say that's one of the things that in a way it's a gift of grace because our bodies are temples. They serve us without us really honoring it all the time for what it is. And so being aware of your body and giving your body all the things that it needs, whether it's rest, sleep, or the proper food, paying attention to the signals and the tells, it's something that a lot of people have kind of pushed to the back burner, pushed off to the side. And so now it's just something that people realize it's our greatest defense. It's the most important thing for everything and anything that we do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the first to admit that even though I've been a hard learner and, and I'm super healthy, but I, it's still something that in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I'll, I'll sleep in October, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too. Like you said, I think we, we wait until like we hit that quote unquote rock bottom moment in some sort of, on some part of our life for us to finally be quote unquote done or for us to start. Right. Mm -hmm. We're we're in such a reactive society. And I think we're like almost, I mean, it's ingrained in us. We're almost just, it's just how we are wired now because of that's just how we are. We, we wait until we have the high blood pressure to go to the doctor and change our nutrition. We wait until our blood sugar is through the roof and we're, we're pre-diabetic before we make a lifestyle change. We wait until we get some sort of drinking and driving or we overdose or whatever it is to finally make a change and get some help for our addiction issues. We wait until like a relationship blows up before exiting one that we know we should have not have been in, right? We do all these things. And 
when we act like that, we're doing the complete opposite of what we all really want in our hearts, right? We all want to feel well. We all want to be happy. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be able to move without aches and pains. We want to be able to like kind of look good when we're at the beach. We want to have like that strong community around us that's positively impacting us. And I think just human nature, we're so, we're just so used to just waiting because we just put things on the back burner, put them on the back burner because we're so, I think, distracted, right? Social media is distracting us. We got emails. We, I mean, people who have kids, there's sporting events, there's stuff with their kids running around, got our jobs and we got our own stuff that we're dealing with that the number one thing that should be at our forefront, I believe at all times is our health because without our health, we have nothing, right? We can, it's funny. So many people, and this is, I can go down this rabbit hole forever, We'll spend three, four, five, six, seven months researching a vacation spot they want to go to, a house they want to buy, a car. And while these are big investments, I think you should definitely take your time, but they don't even think twice about spending only two minutes at the grocery store picking up like a package of processed Mm -hmm. food or not researching what they're putting in their body. And we only get one body. And if we're not taking care of our body, that will prevent us from actually enjoying ourselves on that vacation or prevent us from living long enough to afford that car or that house or whatever it is. So right now, like you said, we're in this pandemic. We've been forced for many of us to look in the mirror and say, okay, like maybe it's time that I finally take my health seriously. Maybe it's time that I spend more time in gratitude or in prayer or meditation or, or whatever it is. And while you're a celebrity chef and you work with A-list celebrities on their nutrition and their health, I know a big part of that is like the healing work. I know it all kind of goes together. So like, what would you say is like the, if you were to say just a few things really quick that people could do like right now, if they're like starting at square one to, to heal themselves from the inside out, like what would you tell them? Uh, Well, there's, there's a few things. First, I, I mean, for anyone that doesn't already have a gratitude practice, I would say that that is the number one and it's so easy and you don't need anything to have a gratitude practice. It really changes the vibration of your being and it, but it changes the vibration of surroundings and everything that you touch, including your food and everything that you put into your body. And to kind of, um, to kind of jump on the end of what you were saying, Doug, when we're talking about why don't we take care of our bodies, you're right. We are very distracted and we forget how incredible our bodies are. We just sort of take it for granted. We just take it for granted that we go to sleep, we wake up and everything works. And you just, you kind of, you open your eyes and you can see, you decide to get out of bed and you can walk. I mean, we kind of just take these things for granted until they're taken away from us for those people who have had those experiences where they, these, these things that are just basic fundamental things are removed. So I think that having a really strong and very simple practice of gratitude and presence is one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself and for your body and for your health overall. So when you start your day or end your day doing that, you automatically shift your body from a sympathetic into a parasympathetic mode, which allows when you do put things into your body, your digestive system is ready to receive because it's now in this relaxed state. So that's just from a physical perspective. That's just from what you're going to ingest. But from a mental and emotional and spiritual place, it puts you in a place of centeredness, groundedness, and alignment. So you can approach your day, whatever day you're going to have, strong. But And I think that strength and and that level of certainty and like belief in you is something that has kind of it's been removed from a lot of people it's kind of been taken away because we're putting our strength and our power into externals into our jobs and into our businesses and listen it's it's a reality that we need money to survive we need our businesses to be running of course but ultimately like what makes everything happen is within us right so it's within the power of our own minds and our own perspectives and what we can do with that. And so, so when I work with clients, you'd be surprised at how much that mental practice, how much that gratitude practice completely shifts, not just the way their body functions, but the way they are emotionally and, and psychologically, because it kind of puts them in a strong state to start the day. So that's a very, very first thing. Um, 
The second thing that I would say is have an idea of what's going on in your body. If you have the ability to go and get your labs run, and right now people are running labs all day long everywhere. I know it has to do with COVID, but it's not that hard to go get labs to know what's going on. But there's a little fly. What's going on inside of your body? Because that's something, it's just knowledge is power in a lot of ways. I mean, what, well, what you do with the knowledge is power, but you want to be able to have that data and have the information. So like, what is it, what is it that my body needs? What nutrients am I lacking? Where am I deficient? What do I have an inflammatory response to? You can get these labs done and a lot of, and we are allowed basic labs, even basic labs that every citizen in this country can get and they don't even have to pay for it. That's something that's really, really important to do. So educate yourself, like know what's going on, especially with what's going on right now with COVID and the flu season coming up. Know what you've got going on for that. And then I would say, I would say the other most important thing is that's really simple is that you want to try and eat a rainbow of foods throughout the course of your day. And it doesn't have to be in every single meal, but just throughout the course of your day, try to make sure you get as many colors of the rainbow as possible because those are your natural vitamins and nutrients. And you want it to come from the earth. You want it to come from fruits and vegetables. And ideally, if you can get organic, that would be ideal. And if you can't, at least you're getting it from a natural source. So that's something that people can do anywhere, no matter what city that you live in. You don't have to think about the whole list of the different fruits and vegetables you might not remember the names of, but just think about the colors of the rainbow and try to, throughout the course of your day, get in some of every color because you want those phytonutrients. Yeah, I think you you made some really, I mean, simple yet effective points, right? Mm-hmm. Gratitude is such a buzzword these days. We also we see the memes all over. We see people posting about gratitude. But there's so much neurologically that's proven yes. to, to your mind when you're in a state of gratitude, right? Absolutely. Like if you're starting your day off with things that you are blessed to have in your life, you're showing your mind that you have a positive feeling about your life. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like sometimes when I write my gratitude journal, it's literally mm-hmm. like I'm writing like I'm thankful that I woke up today. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for my roommate or whatever the case may be, because so many times, especially right now in this pandemic, we're focusing on what we don't have. We've lost income. We've lost a job. We've lost the ability to see each other. We can't work out. We can't travel. We can't, I mean, your can't list is, is, goes on and on and on. But what do you have? What can you do? right? Focusing on that just shifts your perspective and it puts you in a position to be proactive and go after life head on because now you're looking at things from a completely different lens versus if you're looking at the lens of like, you know, these are all the things I can't do. This is what I don't have. You're going to be extremely depressed and you're going to be extremely sad and you're going to focus on that and you're going to just think about that all day. So I yeah, love what you I mean, said about, yeah, I love what you said about that. And it, and it just kind of gets you set up even throughout your day when you're in a state of gratitude, even as you go around about your journey during the day, you're able to see certain things that are like, oh, like something will happen, but you know what? Like, I'm so thankful that I have my car. You know what I mean? Like if somebody yep. cuts you off, you're like, I'm thankful that I didn't get in an accident or if this is the worst thing that happens to me, I'm good because you're paying attention to what all, a lot of other people like are going through or what they don't have in their life. I mean, a lot of people are struggling to find food. They're struggling to you know, transport themselves or have a job or they're extremely sick. So just being, paying attention to the things we do have, love it. Also love how you brought up the whole awareness of the body, right? Because what you don't know, you don't know, right? And in order to know where you're going, you got to kind of know where you're at. So if you're trying to improve your digestion, if you're trying to improve your weight, your blood sugar levels, get some labs done, get something where you can kind of track and get a baseline so you have something to work off of and work towards. Because so many times we just throw darts at a wall and we're like, you know what, like, I just want to improve my digestion. Well, that's just improving your digestion isn't trackable, Mm -hmm. right? Just by itself. So really start to make note of like how you're going to do certain things. Right. And if you are having digestive issues, get some help, reach out to 
a coach, reach out to a health expert, a practitioner, whatever it is to address that. The same goes with like sleep. If you're not sleeping well, like figure out, okay, okay, like what's affecting your sleep? Is it too much caffeine? Are you staring at your phone too much at night? Are you just doing things at night to keep like your heart rate up? So you're just constantly like on edge. Are you watching a scary movie before bed that kind of keeps you in a heightened state? Like whatever it is, like address it. And then the whole thing with like nourishing yourself, you brought up something that I think everybody needs to hear right now is with everything going on about the reactivity to COVID and that this is what happens when you get COVID. Well, how about here's what you can do to boost your immune system. Here's what you can do to make sure that you are doing everything you can not to get COVID because we can't control whether we're going to get the flu or get COVID. We, We could run into somebody that we don't know has some sort of illness and we catch it by accident. Right. And so I think it's important to focus on nutrition, what we're eating. Like you said, like eating tons of fruits and vegetables, eating all different colors, eating organic when possible, staying away from processed foods and things that will lower your immunity. Right. Because healthy gut, right. Healthy brain, right. There's so much linkage to the gut and brain Um, connection. So if we're trying to feel better mentally, if we're trying to have more clarity, if we're trying to navigate this pandemic and heal, take this time to heal in the best way possible, nutrition is going to be key. So like, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because I know your bread and butter has been the fact that you've, you know, you're a celebrity chef, celebrity nutritionist, and you do a lot with that. So talk a bit about like what your business is like today And how like the healing aspect of it, which I think is extremely fascinating, is different than the typical like nutritionist dietitian approach. Well, well, my practice completely incorporates uh, the energy work and Mm -hmm. the Reiki. And now I've studied, you know, I also do quantum touch and I'm studying pranic healing. So I do that as well. So it's a component in in energy. So energy work, just to give the audience some perspective for those who don't know, like you mentioned Reiki. Uh, quantum healing. What was the what was the third one? I'm sorry. Okay, and then pranic healing. Like, so, like, I guess just in layman's, like the simplest form, like what is like the whole energy work thing? If case people don't understand. So okay, so people who just have no idea what I'm talking about, just think of it this way: like when everything is connected with energy, and you can think about when when you say the words like, "Oh, I don't like that person's vibe," or you say, "Oh, I I like that person's vibe. She has she or he has good vibes." Like that term, that term vibes or vibrations. I mean, you're you already know. You just don't realize that you're talking about energy. You're mm. talking about that person, that person's energy, their aura, like what's coming off of them. Because what else? What else are you talking about? It's not tangible, right? But people can feel it. Just like you can sometimes walk into a place. Let's say you walk into a haunted looking house, there's like a creepy feeling that vibration. This is all energy, you know? So when I'm talking about Reiki, which is like uh, Yusui Reiki is a Japanese method. And so what we're doing is basically channeling or using like us as practitioners, we're conduits basically. And energy that we kind of channel from source is we're using to channel into an area or a person, place or thing or whatever it is that needs like where there's energy blocks or that needs movement, you know? So if you think about, let's say in Chinese medicine and the meridians, we're talking about chi, people talk about prana, you've probably heard these terms. That's really just like, we're all, everything's an electromagnetic frequency inside of us, our cells, like what is buzzing through our system from our cells and the protons, like that's, that's like little frequencies. So, but they're not little, they make up everything. So we're basically moving energy and clearing energy where there might be condensed energy where there's like a block. So I know it sounds a little bit, you know, confusing to anyone who's never heard it before, but if you can kind of grasp at least that where you get vibrations off of different people and some people make you feel good and some people make you feel not as good, that's all energy. So when I work in my practice, it's really a combination of working with what's going on inside of your physical body, but also working with what's going on inside of that, your energetic body. Where there are places in your body that have like energetic congestion. Maybe you have too many thoughts, you have too many worries going on. And so that part of your energy center around your head, that's going to be congested. And so when energy work helps you kind of clear those centers, and there's different foods and practices that you can do to help support your body, both your physical 
and your energetic body. So when I work with when I work with some of these clients that you had mentioned, it's everything, it's everything from their physical body. So how we keep the skin glow and how we shed the weight, all of that that you people kind of know on like a surface level. But let's say you're talking about a big actor or actress, right? And I'm gonna give you some insight into perspective most people probably don't think about. So you are Doug, and you are Doug, you train, you have Doug, the person that's the trainer, you have your, the Doug that's just with your friends, and so maybe you're a little bit more casual, you have Doug that's with your family, and you're still the same person, right? But you, there's, like, you're maybe slightly different depending on the situation, like how you have to show up, but you're still you. So 24 hours a day, you're you. Can you imagine if half of the day you had to be somebody else, but, like, fully somebody else? you had to take on a different person, a different identity, a different personality and, and be convincing. Like people on screen need to believe that you are now Dan and all the things that, and then, and then you leave work and then you go home and now you're a mom again or a dad again and you're the other person. So that gets that kind of energy when you have to like take on a different, almost like a different person. That's, that's heavy and it can be heavy and it's a lot for some of the people that I work with when they take on these different roles. And so the energy work helps to, it helps to, it helps to clear and kind of discern like what's their energy, what's not. And like, where they channel these identities from, if that makes sense, it might not, it might be a little far out, but. Well, yeah. And I think, I guess the important thing that you brought up was, how much all this stuff kind of comes together, right? Because I think it's important for people who are listening to remember the whole energy work thing that in my understanding is there's certain parts of our body that can feel off, right? Depending on what we have going on in our life, we could have something going on in our love life that could throw like part of our heart off, or we could have something in going on neurologically that could throw our head off. We could have something going on in our gut that could throw that part of us off. And then it affects our energies and how we carry ourselves and how we move throughout the day. And if we don't address that, like what's going on internally, then I think all the stuff with the food, it just doesn't really matter as much, right? Because you can only do, yeah, yeah, you can, you can only do it. It's all intertwined, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. all, it all goes together. And so when you're putting together like a complex, you know, plan, for people, whether they're celebrity, whether they're an actor, whether they're a you know musician, sports figure, or just the everyday person, mm-hmm. it's important to address all aspects of your health. And I think that's something that you do that I think is very admirable. So the other thing I wanted to to go into is like this whole thing of stress, right? And I think kind of oh, what we yeah. were talking about is how important it is to manage stress, not just during COVID and the pandemic. But just in general, because we all are faced with stress. We all have stress in our jobs, our relationships, family dynamics, personally in our health. But what tends to happen, Serena, is that we handle it in ways that are just not conducive for where we want to go. We end up turning to drugs and alcohol. We end up spending a bunch of money. We get into these crazy habits. We get pessimistic. We feel sorry for ourselves. It kind of throws us down this rabbit hole of not getting out of that that rut of stress that we could have, if we had just taken some time to address it in a healthier way and turn to things that are really in line with where we want to go, the stress would kind of subside more over time. So what are some things that you have your clients do or that you do personally when you're going through dark times uh, in your life or stress? Cause you seem very grounded. Like when I, the one thing I'm like, I'm like trying to control my energy cause I'm super like, like motivational, like to kind of just kind of like level, like where you're, cause you just, where you're at because you just seem so grounded, so chill, so calm that, that I feel like if I were to like come b- behind you and, and like say boo, you wouldn't move. <laughs> I know, I'd probably be like, what? Shoe fly. But anyway, yeah. so what are some of your best practices that you do for yourself and that you talk to your clients about, whether it's maybe two or three things? Okay, so I mean, I would say that, again, that gratitude is a huge one in meditation. It's a very, very simple 444 like that box breathing, the four, four, four is what I'm constantly sending out to people because you can do it in like 15 seconds and you've calmed yourself between clients if they, because everyone's coaching these days. And so you take on the energy of the people you're talking to. And sometimes you're talking to people who are in a really bad place and that's why they need their coach. And you've got 15 minutes before your next call and the four, four, four 
breathing method is really, really helpful. But I just want to touch upon what you said about me being very calm. And it's so interesting because it's really such a practice. You know, it's really such a, a practice and like a state that like I, I can be super amped up energy, but I can also be very calm because I'm listening to you right now. And it really is a practice because it's been a journey to get to where I am right now. And something that you were talking about earlier, if you don't mind me just kind of doubling back real quick, it was just about our different perspectives and how people can go into the negative. And it's really easy to go into a victim state. It's, I mean, we can all do it even when you now shifted away from that. It's really, really easy, but there's always that flip side. I remind myself that where there's light, there's dark as above, so below, like there's always that sort of the balance of the universe. Like what is here, there's always the mirror to it and the flip side. And it's about exactly what you said, kind of like looking and focusing on that. And so that is something that I do with clients or people that I work with, especially now when there is a stress is that when I'm talking to them, I'm always looking at the flip side because they're very focused and honed in on what's here that they're not seeing what's again, 50 or hundred, 500 yards out. They're not getting that perspective. And so part of what I do is to try to give them that perspective, but teach them how they can. So sometimes you just literally have to visualize yourself leaving where you're at. So you like take yourself out of your body and start with, it's kind of like a meditation. You just close your eyes and you become aware of where you're sitting, where you're at, your body, your, where, you're, where you're sitting down, the chair, the couch, and then just start to take yourself out of that step by step, just a little bit at a time. Now you're just hovering above your body. Now you're at the ceiling of the room. Now you're beyond that. Now you're above, you're hovering over your house or apartment and you just kind of keep going. And then all of a sudden you have this perspective that your whole life or the problem or whatever it is, isn't just this because there's so much more and now you've expanded your perspective and it also brings you back down to a place of calm because you're not focused on that which is stressing you out your your focus has been on that visual of like getting of getting expanding out further and further and further and then when you come back in now now you have a little bit of a different perspective you're able to remember that this is super tiny the world is super big there's a lot going on. And then that's where breath work is also really helpful. If that doesn't work for you and the 444 is just four deep breaths in, down to your belly, all the way in, you hold for a count of four and then you release all of it out. And just that is detoxifying for your system. When you oxygenate and breathe that way, it helps kind of pull what our body is creating under stress and it brings us back into a parasympathetic mode. So those are like very, very simple. I try to I try to give people tips that like they don't have to think too hard about remembering in the moment. We're just like, okay, I just have to breathe to the count of four and then pause and then let it out and then pause and then do it again. And just doing that like three times makes a giant difference. Yeah, I think you know, the whole gratitude thing is very important and, and super relevant right now as we talked about. And it's easy to implement, right? I mean, it takes... Mm -hmm literally 10 seconds to write down something you're grateful for on a piece of paper, text somebody something you're grateful for. If you want to text, get into a Facebook group, what a WhatsApp or whatever kind of thread you want to get on. And the whole breathing, right? It's being able to control the breath. One of the things that I've been working on and challenging myself in is breath work is doing like Wim Hof style breathing, right? And then doing like cold water stuff, like in the cold tub, which, yeah. 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 So like, just to put things into perspective, like, I've always been fascinated and a fan of the cold tub. I've just never been the guy who did it, right? I'm, I've mm -hmm. always known the benefits of it. I'm like, yeah, it's great for recovery. It's great mm -hmm. for putting yourself in a stressful environment to practice the way you respond to stress, right? That's another mm -hmm. thing I think is extremely helpful to do is to put yourself in stressful environments, get comfortable being uncomfortable, work on that so that when stress does come, you know, your fight or flight response becomes less reactive because you're used to it, you know, being kind of engaged or elevated, you know, during times of stress. And I remember like a few months ago, I'm um, just talking about the breath. I, I tried to get in the cold tub. I, I got in and got out within like 15 seconds. I got out. <laughs> I, was like, I'm, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. Now, like the last few times I've done it, because I've been very like dedicated and diligent and intentional in doing it. 
I get in and I have a buddy of mine that helps me. He's coaching me like my accountability partner, kind of like through the breath work to maintain my breath and focus on the breath mm-hmm. to gain composure of myself neurologically and bring it back to center to keep myself stable. And I got to tell you the results I've seen already just from a mental and emotional perspective have been incredible. Like the first I got in and I lasted like three minutes, it was like 42 degrees. And then the next time I did it, I didn't even like the first time I felt like my limbs were like in so much pain, they were going to fall off. I started shaking mm-hmm. like up and down, like flailing. And then the second time I didn't even have, I didn't have that pain. I almost like yeah. enjoyed it. I was like, I want to keep going. Right. Yeah. And then I'm doing the cold showers and I just focus on the breath. I focus on the, the, I do like the box breathing when I'm in the shower, just to kind of warm myself up, get myself going, bring myself back to center. And then the thing you talked about by kind of like thinking about like other parts of your life, like taking like a more panoramic view of, of where you're at really helps because then it puts things into perspective and like that little problem that is in front of us that sometimes seems insurmountable or so big in the grand scheme of things, when we look back, you're like, all right, in 10 years from now, how big is this problem really going to be? And it's, it's pretty minor, right? So I, I love what you said because those all people can, can implement. So if you're listening to this and you're, the next time you, you run into something where you're in that fight or flight mode or you're stressed out and you're just kind of you know, panicking and you're pacing, give the box breathing a try. Give that the perspective exercise Serena talked about a shot as well because those two things, as long, along with the gratitude, if you do those three things in, an, in a stressful situation or when you're having a stressful day at the end, beginning, whatever it is, I guarantee you it'll change the way um, you feel after the situation and you will set yourself up to be more quote unquote immune from that stress response because you'll have more practice at it. So last thing I want to talk about is like, what's coming up next for you? I know you got a lot of things in the fire between Uh, your interviews on Instagram, between your just that water company, your business. So like, what's one thing that you're excited about that you have coming up? I can't share it yet, but I'm working on a couple of big projects uh, and their programs. So I can say that one of them you'll hear about like at the end of October. Mm. Um, it should be about the end of October and the uh, beginning of November, but I think it'll be the end of October. You'll start seeing more about that. So that's something I'm really, really excited about and excited to share with everyone along with another program that we're working on that's going to, it'll probably be a little bit over a month, but those are really just, just my experiences with what I've learned in the course of my journey, my healing journey, and also, and also my career and just so many tips and just lessons that I've learned. And there's a few that I've shared with you here, but so many more that I'm just really excited to share with everyone. And just something that I want to leave you with, or at least leave your, leave your audience with that I share with my clients uh, and some people that I work with is with the gratitude. Something that is really helpful is when you're going through that list, whether or not you write it down or you're just going through it in your head, I want you to try and connect with an actual, like a, almost like a visceral feeling. When you think about something that you love so much or, it, or something that makes you so happy, it actually it gets almost like a physical response from you. If you're thinking about a dessert you like so much, you start to salivate. I mean, like a physical response. That's a connection. And so later on, if you need to bring yourself back to center or if you're in a stressful situation and you want to tap into a feel-good feeling, remember that feeling because now there's like something physical that's attached to it it isn't just something that you wrote down like in a journal or said in your head it's something that you actually have a physical response of your own body to and that sometimes really helps some people and what we do later is we take that that energy and we put it towards what we put into our body so there's just a little a little hint a little tidbit of information that i wanted to share with your special audience yeah, I mean, I love that, and I appreciate like having you share that because I think you're you're right. I mean, connecting whatever it is you're grateful for to something inside of you or outside of you like, at a visceral level is important in order to develop more meaning as you're going throughout your day, as you're going throughout your week, as you're going throughout your life. Because now it's not just you're not just writing down, "Oh, I'm grateful for my sock. I'm grateful for my left arm." It, you're now like 
it's attaching meaning on a deeper level to your life with something that you're actually going through. So where can people find out more about you? It's at Chef Serena Poon, right? On Instagram? Yes. And on Instagram, they can pretty much find everything from Instagram. They can go to my website too, serenaloves.com. But on Instagram, it kind of links over to everything and they can say hello and I try my best to get back to everyone. Sometimes it takes me a little bit, but I love your messages. And you can also text me. My number's on there and message. Sweet. Well, Serena, you're awesome. You're a rock star. And it's been such a blessing to talk to you today. And those for those listening, really pay attention to her story. What's really, I mean, yes, it's, it's incredible that she's now works with some of the biggest A-list celebrities there are. And she's a chef, a nutritionist. She's a healer and doing a lot of amazing things. But what's really impressive about her is how she crawled her way out of, of the darkness of when she was younger to get to where she is today. Because there's so many people that are going through tough times right now. There's so many people that are going to go through tough times and that have been through tough times. And sometimes we don't find a way out. And just listen to like what she said about taking care of herself and listening to her body and joining some sort of community and leaning on people outside of yourself And then also remaining grateful for the things you do have in your life versus the things you don't have, because just starting with that, it can be a game changer for the way you live your life. And so I want you guys, if you enjoyed this episode, to please screenshot it and share it. That's all I ask. Tag Serena, tag myself with your biggest takeaway. And we love reviews as well. So if this episode touched your heart, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. We'd love to hear from you. And once again, We really appreciate you listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we will see you next time.